Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with John Mybers. I'm always bad with names, John. That's uh, okay. John has been uh, president of ComputerEase since 1998, before he took the position at ComputerEase. He helped run a 300-page Cincinnati mechanical contracting company. In his role as president, John oversees the local operations for the company, as well as a dealer network of 12 dealer consultants nationwide. Under his leadership, ComputerEase has grown significantly, becoming a major presence in the tri-state area and across the country. In recent years, John has become a national spokesman for the construction accounting software industry. Fair way to put it? Yes, I okay. agree that. And he's published articles in CFMA, Building Products. What does CFMA mean? The Construction Financial Managers Association. Okay, the Construction Executive, he's and published articles in Construction Business Owner and Modern Contractor. Those are trade publications, right? Yes, all trade publications. That's good. That's uh, good marketing. I've always I always thought that public relations, well spent, is worth more than advertising. Uh, I would agree with that. Good. John, why don't you tell the folks where you were before computerese in the construction industry? It looks like you got a couple of years of experience under your belt. Just a few. Just a few, Okay. <laughs> Uh, like me. <laughs> what should people know about you, how you got here? Okay. Yeah, great. Well, first of all, thanks, Mike, for having me on the show this afternoon. It's a great opportunity. Just a little background uh, about you know both Computeries and myself kind of explains how I how I got to where I'm at today. Uh, Computeries is a local company uh, based here in Cincinnati. It was uh, founded by a gentleman, uh, Bob Matlin, back in 1983. And when I went to work in the construction industry in the mid-'80s, I was part of the team that led up the search looking for construction accounting, project management software, and we came across Computeries. I became a customer of theirs for almost 10 years, developed a, a tremendous relationship with, with Computeries and, and Bob, the, the gentleman that founded the company. And, you know, about 10 years into my experience with construction, you know, one day, quite a few times would say to me, you know, I, I really need somebody to come to work for me that understands not only the industry, but our software. And I became one of his you know, uh, you know, best customers was uh, really understood not only the software product but the industry and business as in, in general. And in the uh, in the late '90s, he you know made me a, a very an offer I couldn't refuse and uh, brought me on to to take over the you know the day to day operation. And uh, he's still very involved in the company today, but more from a you know a high level uh, you know ownership role than than, than the day to day you know president uh, running the operation. So it was a great opportunity for me in the in the late '90s and took that and uh, been there ever since. Good. So, if I'm not too curious, are you one of the owners of of the company now, or just president? Uh, just the president of the company. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's uh, it's owned by Bob and his uh, family. There's uh, you know the multi generations involved in the business. So mm -hmm. you know it 
started here in Cincinnati and uh, going to be here for uh, for a very long time. How how many years ago was this software product first brought to market? Started in 1983. Bob started the company in 1983. He had a a software company prior to that that did not focus on the construction industry. His background, his entire family was in construction. He's got a number of his brothers and now nephews that run construction companies across the country. And you know, they said, uh, and Bob was a CPA by trade. They said, well, okay, you understand software, you understand accounting. There's nothing in the marketplace for contractors that spe- that you know deals specifically with the problems that they have. And that prompted him to sell his first computer business and start the construction accounting software business, which now is known as Computeries. Okay, good. Before we go much further, let me tell everyone that what's going to be coming up next on the show. Tomorrow we're going to be, have Darby Sakis from uh, the Divine Group, and she's going to be talking about one of the profiles that we use here at, at Sandler to help select winners in sales and winners in, in all positions, actually. And she's going to talk about how to pick winners and define who shouldn't be on the team from reading a profile uh, or who's not trainable. Next week, we're going to have Richard Brown from Emerge IT Solutions. They're a provider of voiceover IP telephony equipment and and other IT services. In a complete change of pace on a week from Friday, a week from tomorrow, we're going to have Janelle Ross, who is the CEO of Ross Motor Company up in Centerville, and she's a Mercedes-Benz dealer. Okay. So you've been with the company for 15 years 15 years. Okay. How do you go to market today? It's a number of avenues that we that we use to go to market. And to just kind of I'll back up a step, Mike, if I could. And we started as a regional, local slash regional software product. In the late 90s, about the time I came on board, was the time we were also going national with our product, which we employ a network of dealer consultants across the country in strategic regional locations that service, you know, because we we believe that you have to have a local presence and really get into not only the industry, which is construction that we serve, and that is the only industry we serve, but it's really, you need to be, you know, kind of on the street in certain, you know, key geographic regions. So we developed this network of 12 regional dealers. So now we, we go to market through our direct sales force. We cover a, a portion of the country directly, and then we have our 12 regional dealer consultants that cover cover the rest of the country. So they, they are our sales force training force, support force in those geographic regions. Mm-hmm. So give me an example of where one of these 12 is. We have one in the, uh, uh, drawing a blanker, that, you know, the Pacific Northwest being an example that covers, you know, Seattle, the state of Washington, Oregon. We have, you know, another one that covers the mountain states, uh, you know. So uh, are, these com- de- are these dealers exclusive by uh, area? They are, yes, they're they're exclusive. And that was the thing, and, and back in the, in the late 90s, there was, in our industry, in the construction accounting industry, there was you know a, a number of of our competing products, and they had dealers, but a lot of them didn't employ exclusive dealers. So you had dealers on top of dealers, and everybody fighting for the same, you know, fighting to to get the same sales prospect. And we thought, no, we're going to do something a little unique. And we came up with a what was unheard of in the industry at that time, a very unique plan to give them not only exclusive territories, but give them, you know, long term. Contracts equity, so to speak, in their in their customer base, in the in the you know the uh, customers that they were cultivating and bringing into the business. Well, that's a a really significant advantage for you guys as marketers of a software product, right? To give a dealer an exclusive, yeah, and not only an exclusive territory, we wanted to give them an incentive to grow their customer base, not more than just the typical sales margin commission. Uh, you know, a lot of the in, in any software business is the same, and everybody's kind of used to that. You're paying not only initially but you're paying for upgrades and things throughout 
you know, the life of that product. And mm-hmm. we wanted that, that dealer to have a vested interest in not only bringing on customers, but then being able to recognize part of that ongoing revenue as well. And it was, it was a, a great opportunity for both. It, it allowed us to go from very quickly from a regional operation to a national operation almost overnight. And that, that, you know, that it, we would have never, you know, got there near, you know, as quickly if we had done, tried to, to branch out directly. And unfortunately, we were able to find a number of dealers that had sold similar products, but were not getting that same type of contract that we that we were able to offer them. And they thought this was a tremendous opportunity for them. Sure, exclusivity in a marketplace. So it, that's good for dealers. Yeah, right? yeah. The exclusive the exclusive opportunity is you know we're our competition is the competition, not ourselves. And we we didn't want dealers fighting amongst themselves for the same prospect. I, mean, I, I train people who sell things like uh, Great Plains software. And there must be a dozen guys in Cincinnati, right? Companies selling Great Plain software. Yeah. If, you, if you're in if you're in Los Angeles and you're looking for computers, you're only talking to one representative. There's only one representative that has the exclusive rights to sell you that software product. Yeah, and that's that's the right way to do it. Uh, I, I think especially for smaller companies. So do you, do you have salespeople on your own to cover the areas that you cover? We do. We do. We, we do have a direct sales force. Mm-hmm. Do they? Work only on the phone, or do they actually go out and visit no, people? No, we do. We're a big believer in visiting people and and going on site whenever possible. I mean, it's uh, and I, I, you know, myself, I spend a lot of time. Uh, you know, a lot of times people ask me, well, why why are you so involved in the sales process? I said, well, that's what business all starts with sales, and if I'm not involved in the sales process, helping grow the business, I have to I have to be involved with it and understand it to be able to do that. So I, you know, I spend as much time as I can on the road, going out and meeting people, talking to potential customers. And I, I'm a big believer, and maybe I'm a little old-fashioned or a little old-school, but somebody's two, three hours away and they want to meet with me, I'm not going to take the easy way out and say, well, we could get online and I'll show you the software. I'm going to be in the car and I'm going to be up in their office tomorrow morning and sit down and have a meeting. And cause For us, it's all about understanding what the contractor needs. Construction is a very unique industry, and it's really important that, I, that we build those relationships. We're all about building long-term relationships. It's not so much, you know, we're not selling a, a, an off-the-shelf product or a widget that, okay, here, I'm going to sell you this, and, and then you're never going to see me again. We're looking to build and cultivate those long-term relationships, referrals, things like that. And, and it's just much easier and better to do that in person, I, I believe. I, I think you're right. We, we train a lot of people in the software industry. Um, what kind of uh, possibilities and opportunities do you see in the marketplace for construction software? What we're seeing now that you know probably our hottest product is our our FieldEase i series our and, and our latest component with that our CE Live taking it mobile to the field. When we started, and I'll go back to the when I started, you know, in the, in the late '90s, you know, a lot of people in the office was one thing, and they they were looking at it as you know their back office accounting product, but they weren't really thinking about well, how's my foreman in the field going to turn in their time? And I go back to my days in construction when on Monday morning we're on the phone, we're taking time. From people all over the state, they're calling in their time. We're writing down their time cards. Then we're rekeying them into the software. So, you know, our big, you know, push today and, and, and the big demand is for no. I want my guy in the field to go to his iPhone, his iPad, enter the time, come into me as the payroll clerk back in the contractor's office, and I'm going to just hit a button, get a chance to proof that, and then enter it in, and I have to spend the time to rekey that. So we're really finding the the field to office communication, which is prompted us and we started working on the fieldies component of our our, our suite of products probably in the I'm going to say early 2000s and you know we were 
and back then we were doing it on Palm Pilots and you know, all the things that have changed over the years. But now, you know, with the with the internet and, and the power of the web and the iPhones and the iPads, it's you know it, we've gone through a number of different generations of that product, and now we're really starting to to see the the benefit of that, and our customers are, are receiving the benefit of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, do you support the Android product as we, well? We do. Yes. Good. Uh, what we're going to do now, John, is we're going to take a uh, a short commercial break. If anyone wants to call in, John's agreed to answer questions. The call-in number is 646-595-4916. We'll be back in a moment. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. If you're a salesperson or a company owner, my message is critical for you. Today, I want to talk to you about the real secret of getting out of debt. Earn more money. Most salespeople and owners want to sell more at a higher price with better margins, but don't know how. I've helped hundreds of people and companies grow over 30% per year by making an investment in themselves. Albert Einstein said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. I'm not for everyone. I'm tough, expensive, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want results, we need to talk. Call me at 513-646-6523. Give me your toughest questions. Then, if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting. 513-646-6523. Company owners and sales managers, are you sick and tired of hiring a salesperson you think is Tom Cruise only to get Pee Wee Herman on the first day of the job? Call me, Mike Roth, 513 513- 646-6523 to stop this from happening to you again. Company owners and sales managers, are you tired of cutting your price to get the deal? Wouldn't you like to have a better way? Wouldn't you want to improve your margins? Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 to see if there's a better way for you. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, John Mybers from uh, Computerese. And, uh, again, if you uh, have questions for John, you can call in at 646-595-4916. You'll hear a lot of ringing until we pick you up during the next commercial break. Okay, John, uh, so you see a lot of possibilities. What are the obstacles you see in the marketplace to growing a software company like yours? Well, you know, keeping up with the ever-changing technology is, I think, is op- an obstacle for any any software developer. It, it's one that we are, uh, you know, well prepared to handle. We, it, it's one of the reasons that we employ local organization. We don't outsource any of our, you know, any of our development, any of our training support. It's just because it, it's changing so rapidly. We really have they feel like we have a better control over the the quality and the output we get if we do it if we do it all locally. So all of the developers are located here in the Cincinnati market. They are. Yes, they are. That's great to hear that. Yeah, it's, uh, it is. It's it's and we get calls from, you know, all over the world wanting us to outsource our development and it's just and you know, not saying they're not companies that have been successful doing it that way. It's just for us in the product and in the, the the niche market and it really is a niche market that we feel we service. It's a large market, the construction market, but it's not you know, we're not selling something that that everybody's going to use, so mm-hmm. it, it, it really served us very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the other obstacle is, and it will always be an obstacle, has been 
you know, maybe since the you know beginning of software. Well, in the beginning, it was it was kind of it was easy to get people to change from ledger sheets and handwritten accounting to a computer system. But once you have a computer system, the biggest obstacle is changing to a new computer system. Change that that change is never easy. It's a it's a painful it's a painful task, and that that's probably the the biggest obstacle to overcome. People ask me all the time. Who did you know? Who did we lose? You know, we'll have a sales meeting. Who did we lose a sale to? Right? We we lost to no decision, or or we're staying where, where we're at. We're not going to make a change. That's the by far the number one competitor is no change because we want to change. We don't really like what we have, but that change is very painful. Now we've done a lot of things to ease that. We've got very seasoned professionals that have gone through all of us, you know, including myself, because I go back to my days in construction. I was there when we changed accounting software. So I know what it's like to go through that. Everybody that I have on staff has a similar background where they've been in construction, worked in an accounting role in, in the contractor's office. So they've already done it themselves. Now it makes it very easy for them to assist others in doing it. So we. So how many people do you actually have in sales? Uh, in sales, Locally, you're counting the the regional dealers. Well, let's just count the local ones yeah, first. Uh, local within our organization, we have uh, six people in in sales, mm-hmm. and then nationally with the dealers, that probably has another twenty four or so. There's probably thirty people covering the country in sales slash marketing, and I think sometimes they're one and the same. And you so because you recognize the problem of change the change from the status quo to something new. Going from a, if you would have known evil to an unknown. Right. How much money do you think that's cost your company in the last year? Not making a change. Yeah, where, where you lost the deal to the status quo. That's a, that's a tough one to put a number on. Um, half a you know half a million, three quarters of a million dollars maybe. I, I'm just I'm doing a, a calculation. A I, that's that's a that's a reasonable number. Yeah, it's probably not yeah. worth doing anything to fix that. Well, I don't know about that. No. <laughs> So, it, it, I mean, it's you know, it, it's. I think we accept that. I mean, we we understand there's people that are not going to change. We we would like everyone to change, but there's you're not going to get everybody. So no. let's pretend we could get half of those to change. Right, an extra quarter of a million dollars. That wouldn't be significant to you, would it? I mean, we wouldn't throw it away. We wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. How, yeah. How to put that on on your side of the ledger? Yeah. No. No. I mean, I. It, it, I mean, we we take every. I mean, every every dollar of that two hundred and fifty is significant. So no, I agree. I agree. That is, you know, there's there's no such thing as a as an acceptable lost sale. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we we do realize we're not going to win them all, but we want to win them all, and and we try to win them all. And in your world, is it uh, another side to that that we were talking about earlier? On, uh, I guess, license renewal. You, you, you sell licenses annually? Correct. And a uh, construction company would have to up, upgrade their license every year Correct. to get yeah. the newest version? Yeah, keep, but, keep, keep current with all the, you know, with all the enhancements of the product. And we spend a lot of time in research and development and, and show a lot of value in those enhancements. But with accounting, you've got tax table changes and things that are critical that you have to have. So that's a big part of, probably, big part of our business. You probably don't lose anyone. Uh, who's using the product today doesn't upgrade to the next version. Very rarely. Yeah, probably only the ones that go out of business. Right, correct. Yeah, and that's and that's a, un, unfortunately in construction, that's a reasonable size number, unfortunately. Cause well, the last two years, yeah. Especially the last two years, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have a long-term pro- planning process? 
We do. Um, you know, certainly the technology and the changes in technology are you know are part of that. The our field to office communication, which I mentioned, our field e series is probably the biggest thing in our long term planning, as well as our latest uh, option is our cloud option. We now have a cloud deployed option where we will host the software for you in our cloud environment, and that's we started that we started hosting for people about ten years ago, and we had for the first ten years. We had five, a total of five people we were doing it for. Well, that's a good test. In the last 12 months, mm-hmm. that number has gone from five to about 300. Wow. So so we see that certainly long term. And Will everybody be in the cloud eventually? I don't know that any of us knows that for sure, but we certainly realize that that's going to become a more popular option, and we want it to have that. So we've got a very strong cloud offering that we that we offer in addition to the traditionally you know, locally deployed purchase and install on your internal network option. But going from five to 300 is astronomical growth. Right, right. That's phenomenal. Um, what do you attribute that to? I think the acceptance of the cloud. Mm-hmm. If you went into somebody five years ago, even two, maybe three or four years ago, and said, we're going to put your data and we're going to put it out there in the cloud. Well, First of all, back then we weren't calling it the cloud. It was, you know, we were op- application service providers. There was all kinds of terms for mm-hmm. hosting. Now all of a sudden the cloud buzzword comes out and everybody's like, wow, I want to go to the cloud. And so it's become more accepted. And when you go in, I, now I go in and talk to people and we talk about, well, they talk about data security and things like that. I, I go back, I point to their server in the corner and, well, how secure do you think your data is back there on that old dusty machine back there in the corner? Now let me take you down and let me show you our data center where this where your data is going to reside and and you tell me where you think it's more secure. So people have become you know accept very accepting of that oh. and realize that that's a is that's it computer eases own data center or do you use other cloud providers? No, we we have a, a strategic alliance here with our our cloud partner and then our 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 core data center is actually here in Cincinnati down on 7th Street at the in the Cincinnati Bell Technology Building. Okay, and then if they go down, if they go down, there are there is enough diesel fuel underneath that building to run the generators on top of that building for months at a time without any power. I don't know that any of our customers have that kind of a backup plan, but our our data center will be running for months without any without any electricity. Not, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen, but in the event it does, we're prepared for that as well. So what do they call that? A class five. Uh, uh, it's a it's a SAS seventy type two tier four data center. Mm-hmm. It's a very you know, very state of the art, very high tech security. Uh, I'm, you know, even to get myself in there, I have to have a day's clearance to get in. Our, our data center manager can get in, you know, by showing their credentials. But if, if he wants to bring me down there for a tour, I've got to be on the list a day in advance to even get into the building. Okay, so all of your your actual cloud hosting is not on your premise, but on the premises Correct. of a Secure data center. Correct, correct, and, and that I think is the big difference. Yeah, the big, big difference. And the other thing that's that's attributed to the growth is the need to access it from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, when my data is in the cloud, when my computer software is running in the cloud, if I'm I'm at home tonight. I'm I'm at your house tonight, and I need to get into my system. I can go to any internet browser, and I can I have access to my quote unquote office in the cloud. Where I don't have to drive over to the office, and or I don't have to worry about having the infrastructure to allow my people remote access into my server, into my building, 
I can because we're handling all that through the through the cloud service. So, did you have any of your uh, cloud users uh, in the New York area in the recent uh, we, we did. Sandy disaster? We did. We did. So they they were still able to access their data, assuming yes. they could get to the assuming internet. they could get to the internet. And there was a couple. We had a couple of good stories come out of that where people were able to do that. Uh, we've also part of our long term plan. We have recently launched a payroll service for construction companies, not not meant to compete against the you know the ADPs, the paychecks of the world that that service everyone for payroll. Our payroll service is designed only for construction. And a quick story, if, if I can, that one of our New York customers that subscribes to our payroll service, Computery's customer, but they also subscribe to our payroll service, the, you know, they were freaking out. I mean, the, you know, the, the owner calls, calls one of our payroll managers and says, I don't know, I've got to get my people paid. Everything is, you know, total chaos here, people, but i got to make sure these people get paid. They, they need, of all weeks, they need their paycheck. Said, you know, within just said, just pay them what you paid them last week. We'll work it out a week later. I mean, she was able to get to a cell phone, got a signal long enough to call our people, and within minutes, her people were paid. And that's the, you know, the, the benefit we bring to our customers by providing these additional services in addition to the traditional accounting system that we always provided for them. Yeah, that's 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 really important. You you've uh, attached yourself to a a niche market, right, and provided something special for that niche. Uh, that's difficult for an ADP to to duplicate. Correct, and, and those you know those kind of companies do a great job of payroll, but they don't specialize in construction, and and the just, payroll is not attached back to the construction projects. Correct, correct. Yeah, so that 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 gives you a, a strong competitive advantage. Again, if you want to call in and ask John a question, six four six five nine five four nine one six. We're going to uh, listen to a Sandler commercial here, and uh, we'll be back in about a minute. I'm Al Strauss with Sandler Training. Talk to you about rule number 38. The problem the prospect brings you is never the real problem. When people have heard this rule and thought about it a bit, if they've been in sales for more than a few months, they almost always say, well, that's obvious. I've had lots and lots of prospects that told me what they wanted, I showed them what they wanted, and they didn't buy it. So it seems that it would be obvious. The problem is, most folks don't understand it, and you get in the middle of the conversation, and here's a prospect who's interested in something, you've got the something, and you just show up. And what you really need to learn how to do is ask a bunch more questions because frankly, in most cases, the prospect doesn't even understand what the real problem is. And so if you ask three or four more questions about what they claim they need or are looking for or want, you're gonna discover that it morphs, it changes, sometimes dramatically. What they end up needing is perhaps even diametrically opposed to what they originally said they were looking for. So ask the questions, don't take the first thing they give you, dive down into the real issues, and you're going to have yourself a much better day selling to this prospect.
This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, John uh, Mybers. Uh, John, uh, before the break, we were talking about how you uh, have integrated the payroll application uh, for your customers. Uh, have you added anything else special for the niche, the construction niche? Uh, well, the payroll, the you know, the fieldies, which we talked about, the remote uh, field to office, those are the, the latest things we've added. We've added... Over the last couple of years, we added a tool and equipment tracking component. wasn't typically our clients were doing that with a third party or another software program. Mm-hmm. But once again, not only do I need to track tools and equipment, and I go back to the days where we tracked it on a whiteboard back in you know back in the office, we had a bunch of little magnets and who's got the backhoe today? Who's got the backhoe today? And then we then we then we take bets. Do you really think that's where it's at? You know we. You know, we'd see, you know, we'd, we'd get a pool going. Well, let's see if who really has those tools or, or equipment. And a backhoe you probably won't lose, but we wanted to get down to tracking the smaller tools. There's a lot of money in construction, ladders, hand tools, you know, sawzalls and hammer drills and things like that that end up walking away. They walk off. They disappear. And now, so over time, we developed a, a really easy-to-use yet powerful tool and equipment tracking component that not only allows the contractor to track where it's at, but also allows them to, through that, allocate the cost out to job costing. And the, the key to a contractor is knowing what does it actually cost me to do this job. And, and the, the more accurate information we can get, the more detail, the better they're going to be equipped to handle not only that job, but future jobs based on previous information. Yeah, so when the sawzall lands in the wet concrete, at the bottom of eight inches of concrete and stays there. Yes, you're going to allocate that sawzall to the to that job. concrete job. Correct. Correct. Got it. Okay. Um, what do you think your clients are looking for today? I think the the number one thing is that remote accessibility. So either it's through the cloud or through the fieldies, which is kind of allows us to do a hybrid cloud where. I still want to. I'm not ready to put my entire data set up in the cloud and access it remotely. So I'll keep it in the office, but I'll use this Fieldies remote application so that I can give my field personnel access to the data back in the office. And with the latest addition to that, the CE Live component, it gives them real time access. I'm out in the field. I go pick up that backhoe and move it from one job to the next. I hit a button, and back in the office, they're alerted to the fact that it's been moved and, and it's already already tracked in the system for them. Okay, so they they have a load of gravel delivered, and that goes into the into the site. Right. They can they can let the the accounting personnel back in the office know. Yes, I've I've received that, or even the other way, the accounting office gets an invoice, and my foreman out in the field needs to see that invoice. I scan it in. They're alerted out in the field. They log on. They see a picture of that invoice come up on their iPhone, their iPad, their laptop, and say, Yes, I approve that. Yeah, I got that. It's in the job. Yes. So just improving the communication from field to office. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so you're using the Internet uh, for the remote applications to the uh, the devices that people are using. Um, are you using the Internet to sell your, your, your software? We are. We are. We're, How are you doing that today? And most of our... You know, most of our marketing is is internet based, you know, either through Google AdWords. Uh, we we spend a, a tremendous amount in our Google AdWord campaign. We use Google pay per click, pay per clicks, uh, you know, search engine optimization. You know, very important to us for the key search terms that we are on the first page, and you know, we've done a critical, lot of critical, critical. You know, it's just you know, if I 
just no different than if I look for Sandler training in Cincinnati, there's Mike Roth in the number one slot. And that's same with critical know, piece. It is. You look for, you know, construction accounting software, we want to be right there in the number one slot. Right, right. It's, it, it's even become more difficult because you got to be on page one. Right. Uh, in the generic search as well as the paper click. As well click. as the paper click. Uh, so you're paying Google both ways. Uh, right. Are you actually doing the uh, search engine optimization internally with your own developers, or do you uh, farm that out? We are. We 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 used to farm that out, and we decided that we really need to learn to do this ourselves. And and, and we you know we went through a pretty extensive uh, operation to bring that all internally because there's there's a lot of people that tell you they can do it, but you put it in their hands, you really don't know what you're getting. Yeah, that's there are a lot of black magic guys out there. Yes, <laughs> some of them actually are pretty good. They are, I, I agree. It's, and a lot of them are just black magic, right? Uh, yeah. uh, banner ads is another thing. We subscribe to a lot of banner ads on on trade other trade websites. Uh, that's a, that's a big part of it as well. Social media, that's the the big thing. And I'm you know I'm from an era that you know social media is you know it, it, that's Somewhat lost on me. I'm not a big, personally, a big Facebook guy, a big Twitter guy, but we have, you know, our whole marketing department, and, and that's that's a big push. And I'm, you, know, you got I'm, some 28 year olds, 22 year olds yes, over there in marketing who it, exactly who push that stuff. They push that, and they should, and, and they, you know, they're they're doing a good job of educating me. I've learned a lot about it, and I certainly believe in it. Everything from LinkedIn, you know, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all those things are, are a big part of it. And then email marketing is is by far the you know probably the biggest thing that we do we you know we we have a lot of I'm I'm glad you brought up LinkedIn. I'm going to switch subjects on okay. on you here for okay. a second. Uh something I should have talked about earlier in the show. Uh we're we're having our second client summit. And this is kind of like a, a software users meeting. Okay. Uh for for Sandler we're down in Orlando on February 14th and 15th and the subject uh matter is no guts, no gain. How to get tougher in sales because 2013 is going to be a really tough year for some people. And our keynote speaker uh, at the the conference is uh, from none other than LinkedIn. We're going to have Brian Frank, the head of global sales for for LinkedIn. Oh, that's great. He's going to be our speaker on uh, Thursday, and that's open to uh, to Sandler clients uh, who want to register before the, f- the first of the year. It's uh, $400 ahead at the uh, Orlando uh, Buena Vista uh, Palace and Spa. That's uh, <laughs> right across the street from downtown Disney. Okay. Walking distance. Uh, there'll be uh, about 600 client spots available, and we'll have about 350 Sandler trainers uh, and associates in from all over the world. So that that's coming up uh Let's see what else was coming up. I forgot to talk about. In January, we're going to have a cold call camp on January 30th. That's a one-day program, and uh, first four weeks, first four Mondays in January, we're going to have the uh, Sandler Networking Works program for salespeople who want to network their way to the top instead of making cold calls, or maybe in addition, in addition to possibly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you if you're working face to face. Phenomenal. I mean, I mean net- networking is is such a big thing, and I'm sure in every industry, but in ours, I mean, there's construction is a very tight knit community, and it's. I mean, we, we're involved in a lot of the local organizations, and, and in all parts of the country, and each area is local organizations, and it's so important. You know, things like LinkedIn and all those things become even more important. It's it, 
it's important to become part of the community that you service, and that's you know we yeah. service the construction community, so we're a big part of that. Right, right. I'm going to be going to this Claremont County uh, homecoming gala tonight. It's it's a pure networking thing, right. a networking play. Um, let's see. Back on subject. Oh, but by the way, again, if you want to call John and ask a question, the number is six four six five nine five four nine one six. That's interesting. My next question. We have enough time for it. Uh, one of my favorite uh, problems in business, John, is, has been complex problems. Uh, when I owned a, a, uh, a pay telephone company, privately owned pay telephone company, it was the first time it really hit me in the back of the head. Um, uh, we were having problems on the phone on the phones of the Seven Elevens in Las Vegas. They were overheating and stopping, which wasn't good. That's not a good thing. Yeah. So, bring a brilliant uh, electrical engineer, co- company owner. I told my head head engineer Steve, go out to the pay phones that are failing in the sun, drill holes in the cabinet, put a big fan in. <laughs> and, and and Steve said to me, Mike. Uh, Simple solutions to complex problems are rarely correct. <laughs> I would agree with How that. How right he was. <laughs> uh, so perhaps you could share uh, with us a complex problem that you've encountered over computer ease and a equally complex problem solution that you came up with that may be applicable for other people. Okay. Don't reveal any trade secrets here. No. But, you know, so no. from a logic stream perspective. I mean, I think the... You know, and I, I thought about this, and, and I think the, the probably the most complex problem that we had was marketing, and, and just the term marketing itself is not complex. But if you anybody that knows anything about marketing, the entire marketing component is a very complex machine with a lot of different parts, and it's made up of a lot of different components. And we were, you know, we were subscribing, we were hiring a lot of these black magic guys, and we were everybody was promising us everything. We were, you know, people were. You know, doing SEO work on our website, and it's this, and it's that, and you know everything from you know we're going to hold your website hostage, and we're you know, and we thought, okay, wait a minute, this is this is insane. <laughs> what we we don't know what we're doing, and we're relying on somebody else, who, and we don't know if they know what they're doing. We, we have a client right now that had his website held hostage, <laughs> and it's been been a bear to get it back. Yes, oh yes, and you know because you get into that. You know, okay, wait a minute. You promised me this. You're not doing this, but now you control my website. Well, you, you've got you've got me, and and there's not a whole lot I can do about it because I have to have that website. Mm-hmm. So so we you know we stepped back and we, and we went through and we spent well, we spent a lot of money. And we were going down a lot of different roads, a lot of the wrong roads, and we said, wait a minute, we've got to step back and we've got to solve this problem. And there's there's a lot of parts to it. Everything from internet marketing to direct mail campaigns to cold calling, and we were relying on a lot of outsourced companies to do this for us and we said no we've got to we've got to get a hold of this we got to learn what it's about and we've got to learn to do it ourselves so the the complex solution was we said we've got to build an internal marketing team that does all these things and it on the surface that may sound very easy but I'm sure as you know Mike that is not an easy task so we went about okay we got to start and we you know we hired a lot of different people a lot of the wrong people mm-hmm. and then we you know, we slowly but surely we learned. I'm sure Dobby is hearing that for tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. We 
you know, so we, you know, we educated ourselves, and then we had to educate ourselves on how do we find the right people, and, and everything from through the interview process, we learned we learned very quickly. Anybody can come in and show you a portfolio that looks great. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the easy part. Everybody, we we interview these people one after another. They come in and spread out the conference room table with all this great stuff out of their portfolio. Wow, that looks great. You're hired. Nothing couldn't produce anything. So we thought, well, let's. Then we kept we kept working it and working, it, and we said we've got to be we're smarter than this. We can figure this out. There, there's something we're missing, and then then we went through the the last round of I guess interviews. You, I guess you didn't notice in the training room we keep a crystal ball. Yeah, <laughs> just for that, just to finish for that. defining what's actually going to work. What's yes, what's going to work. So so we thought that in the last round of interviews, and we, by this time we had a, we had a, a good marketing director in place or the person we wanted to lead the department, but we decided what we need to do is we're going to change the interview process. We said so. The next group of candidates came in, and we, we employed a local agency to, to screen out all the candidates that we wouldn't even think about talking to. We didn't want to go through the let's, let's review a thousand resumes, et cetera, et cetera. So we said, okay, you bring us at least semi-qualified candidates, and then we're going to change the interview process. The interview process is going to become a marketing meeting, and we're going to ask the candidate, okay, because we need we needed to see how they would work with us. So here's an idea. Now we want you to go home tonight and send us tomorrow an idea for the ad that we want to run. The candidates loved it. It was like, hey, this is a chance. If, if I'm going to get this job and I really want this job, here's my chance to show I can do the work they want. And the uh, the gentleman we hired, tremendous, not only gave us one idea, he said, well, here's the idea I think you want, but here's another variation of that idea that I think you may like even better. And he was hired and was one of the greatest hires we've ever made. And it's just, but we had to learn that the hard way. We had to do a lot of things to get to that point. And now, you know, since then we've, you know, we've hired internal people to be our copywriters, our our search engine optimization people. And and there's a lot of different components to that marketing machine. But and I'm not saying anything about the third parties that that do marketing, for, you know, for companies like ours. But when you're doing something that's very unique, it's really hard to explain that to somebody else and have them do it for you. Yeah, well, and then it's the creative jump from understanding what you do to get the creative edge. I mean, um, when our marketing people are in in that office every day, just you can't they pick up the vibe on what's going on. They can't help but understand what we do. When you got somebody in a completely different office and you're telling them in a meeting and then they go away, you know, yeah, they get their own creative juices flowing over there, but it's not the same creative juice that we have flowing in our company. Yeah, we uh, at Sandler. When Dave Sandler was alive, we have the phrase, uh, Sandler Works was the company motto. And it was fairly good because Sandler does work. Right. Uh, and uh, after he died, we created a marketing technical committee. I was part of it. And we uh, decided we were going to go for national branding. And uh, one of the things we decided is we needed a, a new company uh, motto, slogan. And a new brand, and so they changed. We we, we hired a, an agency uh, when we were Sandler Sales Institute, and uh, they came up with a a new brand, Sandler Training, and then we paid them one god awful amount of money to uh, tell us what was the unique marketing advantage that we had in over everyone else in the marketplace, and they came back with uh, with this. They said. 
your long-term positive reinforcement training of incremental training and fixing people is the thing that makes you unique. I can't believe Sam would paid almost that yeah. hundred thousand dollars for that information. <laughs> yeah, I had to see the bill for that. It was almost a hundred thousand, yeah. uh, which we knew. Yeah. And, and then, and then we said, okay, let's turn that into a marketing phrase. It's too many words. And uh, Bill, the head of the agency, put out his hand for another check. No, yes, <laughs> which he got. Yes. And three months later, they came up with a phenomenal phrase: finding power in reinforcement. That's the totally unique thing about Sandlin. Human beings learn via reinforcement training. That's how we learn to tie our shoes. Yeah. Of course, I wear slip-ons today, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I definitely can tie my shoes. Let's take a, uh, a short commercial break. Uh, you can call in if you want, and uh, then we'll be back with, with John. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are you hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6. Company owners and sales managers, are you tired of cutting your price to get the deal? Wouldn't you like to have a better way? Wouldn't you want to improve your margins? Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 to see if there's a better way for you. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, John uh, and from Computerese. And, John, we have a, a caller online. Do you want to take the question? Sure. Good. Go ahead. Can you hear Mr. me, John? Mr. Myvers. Yes. Hi, Mr. Myvers. How are you? Good. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing fine. This is uh, the first time I've listened to this program, so uh, I just thought I'd catch you guys online. My question is, uh, I've got a small contracting company here in Cincinnati, and uh, my, you know, there's only three of us, and my son-in-law has insisted that we buy Mac computers, and uh, we have since done that, but we, we're using QuickBooks right now, but we can't find a uh, construction package that will run on Mac computers. Do you have anything for me? Uh, well, we do actually. That's one of the the benefits of our cloud offering. It allows us access through any device. Our deployed uh, installed option is is a Windows based program, so it would need to run on a Windows machine. Although, uh, but with our cloud offering, since we're doing it all the access through the internet, you could use the uh, your Mac machines to run our software in a cloud environment. So it would work the same way on the on the Mac as it would on a PC if we if we took the option to use the cloud. Correct, correct. And also okay. our our fieldies application if you you know if you didn't if you wanted to you know use kind of the hybrid cloud uh, variation you could install computeries get get one windows machine install computeries and then use the use your Macs to run the fieldies applications. Okay. Um so you you haven't talked about this fieldies what what is that exactly again? That's that's the application that allows you to have uh, remote access from the field so you're 
you know, if you're out on the job site and need to pick up a job cost report or, you know, enter a, a request for change or fill out a daily field report, you can do all that from the field via the Internet and have that feed back into the office. That that all sounds really good. I've been pleased with our with our Mac computers. I mean, we switched from Windows machines to Mac, and you know we've had a lot less problems, but we're we're not having a good uh, we're not having good luck finding industry software, you, you okay. know, like business software for them. So, I, I um, say, who who would I contact to? Can you give me a demo yeah. or so how would they to, they contact you yep. to, after the show? Yep, so that they could have a sales rep call on them. Sure, if you want to call us at eight hundred five four four. 2530 and just uh, anybody there will be able to direct you to one of our one of our sales associates and they'll be they'll be glad to talk to you about that rick okay that would be great well thank you much for your time mr Myber. hey and, thanks uh, rick. i appreciate Mike. the call thanks thank rick you. look forward to hearing from you let me ask you a different a completely different question okay. i'd like to ask all of our our ceo guests president company president guests this one question if you could give a single leadership tip based on your experience as a leader what leadership tip would you give to other CEO leaders like yourself? I think the the number one tip is certainly this is probably two parts, but hire good people. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I mean you, you want to surround yourself with people that are always you know smarter than smarter than 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 I am. So I, I'm a big believer in hiring you know good people, very qualified people. You want to listen to Darby and me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Divine has an excellent instrument called critical thinking. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to call it an IQ test uh, because it's certainly not a clinical instrument. But if you want to find out the difference between who has got the smarts for business and who doesn't, their instrument will tell us real fast. Yeah, Yeah, it's so important. And we, you know, it's, and you know that, Mike. I mean, you've interviewed many people in your years, and, and you can, you know, people, you can get through an interview and you can, but it, we're looking for that something special that, you know, and some people have it. You just know, okay, th- this person has it. They have it. And I don't know how to define it other than it's, you know, it's intelligence, it's business smarts and, you know, the combination of a lot of things. And when you find that, you, you find these good people and then you, you know, you motivate them. You, you allow them to do the job you hired them to. You You don't micromanage them. I mean, certainly you have to, you know, there's management in any company, but you you got to you have to allow them. You, you have to have faith that you hired the right people mm-hmm. and you hire good people. And if you hire good people, let them grow and 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 let them advance. And and we're we're very big on advancement from within our company. We always love to to advance people internally, give them every opportunity to succeed, and and most important, make them feel a part of it. They're they're all part of the team. Everybody at Computeries is part of the team. We all. We all share in the victories, and we all, you know, we all suffer with the defeats. And it's it's a total team effort, from you know the person that you first talk to when they answer the telephone, to the administrative staff, to the you know to the sales staff, to the trainers, to the to the support technicians, to the programmers. We, we all share in the success of computeries, and we do a you know it's. It, I, I'm a big believer in that, and just you know getting getting good people. And getting them to be a part of the team, and and you know they'll you know our, our people we have the best people I believe in the industry by far, and they you know by making them be a part of the team, they're, they're they you know they they will give you a hundred and you know, not even one hundred and ten probably one hundred and fifty percent effort. So you used a great word. Uh, why don't you tell our audience how you meld all of your people into a great team? 
I mean, it's, you know, it's a, uh, it's not an easy task sometimes, but, mm-hmm. but number one, by let, let them be part of it. They're, they're in on it. When, just a, a good example, we, we bring a new customer on board. Immediately, I send an email to everybody within the company. Great job, team, you know, and here's the details of what happened, and everybody played a part in that. And so it's not just the sales people that are rejoicing in the new sale. We're, we're sharing that information throughout the team. And You're sharing it all the way down to the developers. All the way down to the developers. And, and you know, and I will, I will send out an email, and I will say, you know, and we got different developers work on different segments of our product. And and in that email, it'll say, well, this particular one, they were very excited about this product. Way to go, Greg, or way to go, you know, Andy, or way to go, Joe, or way, you know, on down the list. Or, you know, maybe it was one of our customer service representatives played a role in it because they were able to, you know, talk to them and answer some of their questions about implementation, installation. So, you know, not only just congratulating the entire team, but then also highlighting the the reason that we were able to acquire a new customer and it's a very you know our business is built on customer service and everybody in our company is an important an important factor and just you know another example of that it's you know I, I may be in a meeting and and the owner uh, you know Bob and myself we always the same thing there there is no meeting that's too important for any one of our people they all know you know John and Bob may be behind you know in closed doors they're having a meeting somebody's got an issue just you you come in i mean you are a, a, the most important part of our team and what we're talking about can can certainly wait so you have kind of an open door policy yes uh some of the we, we once had an internet development company that had a basketball court for team development uh yeah. and uh, another client that had business cards with everyone had strange titles or the team spirit, the conference sure. rooms uh, wasn't room uh, 107. It was the Aspen Suite. <laughs> okay, instead of having a a business conference table in there, there were couches. Yeah, okay, well, I think that's and a, toys. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, you want people excited about coming to work. Mm-hmm. They have to be. I mean, there's there are people that you know there are people that work because they need a paycheck. There are people that work because they love to work, and we hire the people that love to work. And you know, there, there are a lot of people that are dependable. They'll show up because they depend on their paycheck. There's other people that show up because they love their job and they love what they do. And everybody has bad days. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, there's not a day wakes up I'm not excited to go to work and, and let, let's let's go. This is you know this is going to be a good day. Now some days you're like, oh man, that was you know, yesterday was better than today. But so you have pretty much straight job titles. No. No, I mean actually, we we don't have job titles. You know, okay. I, I mean, I'm even reluctant to to use my job title from you know because I because there's times I mean I'm I'm doing anything but you know being the quote unquote president of the company. I mean I do whatever's necessary to to get the job done. Yeah, this one company uh, up in Mason, their uh, their accounts receive accounts payable clerk. I remember her. She she was a, a really bright lady. Her business card title was Mistress of Darkness. <laughs> But they all had uh, weird job titles. We yeah. we uh, doubled their that company sales, and then someone else bought them. <laughs> it was a great story. Uh, in, in closing, because we only have about a, a minute or, or so left, okay. uh, what, what would you want uh, people to know about computer? I think just that you know we're a you know, certainly a, a large uh, large in, in the number of customers we service. We have about 6,000 contractors 
across the country that use our products and services. But you know, we're we're a uh, you know a, a small company in some regards, in that we're not a you know, a, a uh, you know a, a large corporation where we have to go through a lot of red tape to get something done. Well, we want to get something done. We go in the boardroom. I, you know, we go in there with the team and we make decisions. And, and if you can make decisions quickly, you can make things happen. So when something happens in the industry or our customers need something, we don't have to go through a lot of red tape to get that done. We can put enhancements into the product, get it back, and all of our development comes from our end users. I, I spend half my time talking to customers, half to prospects, but getting that feedback so we can build a better product for them. That's great. John, I want to thank you for joining us here today. I'm going to be giving you a copy of uh, one of the new Sandler books, The 49 Sandler Rules. went to uh, number one on Amazon a couple of years ago when it came out. Great. And uh, I'll put that in your hands here. And, Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513 753 9400.